Welcome to Singing Teachers Talk, the podcast that brings you great interviews, insightful discussions and advice around the topic of singing and teaching singing. Now it's over to your host for today's episode. It's Bronwyn Bidwell. Hello and welcome to the show. Today we are taking a deep dive into the world of Instagram with social media expert Katja Willems. Katja is an Instagram specialist who provides courses, workshops, and one-to-one training to small businesses. Katja, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Hi. (laughs) So I guess let's start at the very beginning. What makes a good Instagram account? When you scroll through, what stands out for you as an Instagrammer who's providing good content? Well, I have to find, I have to say I found a lot, I find a lot of Instagram accounts really irritating. So (laughs) that's probably not how I should start this conversation. Um, Well, I'm a very visual person, so I like accounts that look good visually, but that's my personal taste. It's not a requirement, really, to look good on Instagram. I think it helps, but it's not the be all and end all now because Instagram is such a, I don't know, it's like a multimedia platform now, really. So you could get away on Instagram now with just doing reels, basically, and not worrying about the aesthetic that much and your account could do really well but personally I really look for accounts that are aesthetically pleasing where people have gone to lengths to make their account make sense you know like with almost like you would with your house if you were into interiors thinking about how everything flows together but also I'm looking for account I mean it really depends you know if I'm looking for advice um, business advice, then I just want people who are no bullshit and are going to strip it back and be honest and tell me the truth and offer me some good tips. Um, but then if I'm looking for interior inspiration, I'm going to use Instagram and go for beautiful looking accounts. So it, it really depends. Are there any howlers? Are there any things you see people do and you cringe and you think, God, I, if there's one thing I could stop people doing on Instagram, I wish I wish they wouldn't do that. Yeah, but what I'm about to say is perhaps a little controversial, which is I don't like it when people just do loads of irritating reels. It's probably quite good for your algorithm and may get you quite a few followers and a lot of reach. But I follow certain accounts that maybe I will unfollow soon where it's just day after day after day of really gimmicky reels. And I'm like, what are you giving me here? I know that you've done that reel because you think it will do well. Like, you know, one of those voiceover ones. Um, and I'm like, you're just filling content. You're just trying to get more views. And what's your actual message? You know, um, if you are a, say you're a yoga teacher and you are just filling my feed with irritating reels where you're doing voiceovers, What vibe am I getting about you as a yoga teacher? Someone who's stressing me out, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, you want calm and relaxation from a yoga teacher. Yeah, and I I think that this is the thing that concerns me because the entire focus now is on reels and a lot of those voiceover ones, a lot of which are a few seconds long, right? So people go, right, I I know I need to do those to get the reach, So they're squeezing their brand and their messaging into a format without really thinking about 
What am I trying to convey to my audience here? What's the vibe that I want to get across? What do I want my um, community to know about me and get a sense of from me? And I'm like, 20 reels in a row where you're doing something daft uh, the last three seconds, I haven't learned anything about your brand. So, uh, and you've just really irritated me. And is that one of the reasons why people come to you for help? I can imagine lots of people start an Instagram account, just kind of wing it and feel like they're doing what they should be doing because that's what other people are doing, but they don't have an overarching kind of idea in their mind of what they're trying to achieve. Yeah, and I, I think there's all sorts of people come reasons that people come to me. Yeah, I think a lot of people are just kind of winging it and they just want to get more out of it, want to feel that they know what they're doing, that they feel that they can feel more purposeful about their content and their messaging, and also to have a deeper understanding of all the different features and what you use them for, because it's a lot, Instagram. <laughs> It's like about a million things you can do on there. And I think people are like, oh, my God, I need to be doing everything. And I don't understand how all these different things work. And they come to me and I can just simplify things and go, you don't need to worry about that. You know, there's a lot of things you don't ever have to use. And that's fine. Um, I really try and help people pick a strategy that's simple and doable is not going to take up too much time and that they're going to actually enjoy. Um, And yeah, that's going to be effective for them. I think that's a key point, enjoyment, because I read on your website, you said that when you started your business, you actually found Instagram a really useful tool in sort of trying different things out and sort of just testing the water with things. And I think sometimes we feel it is a chore and a burden rather than something that could be possibly creative or enjoyable. Yeah, and I think people don't trust themselves on Instagram because there's so much advice out there. Oh, this is what you should be doing on Instagram, blah, 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 this rule, that rule. Um, And people just assume that these experts actually know what they're talking about. But a lot of these experts are just repeating advice they've heard without really analysing it and, and without really thinking through the implications for a brand. Because, yeah, if I do five reels a day, um, my re- I'll get more followers and I'll get more reach. So I could follow that advice, but that's really superficial what I'm going to end up with. I'll end up with a load of followers who probably are not following me for the right reason, who won't buy from me because I've created reels that don't really relate to my brand. Um, and, yeah. And you're creating content that's not saying anything. So if it's not saying anything, how are you going to sell your thing? What's your advice with Reels? Because I know you offer a Reels workshop. And I think perhaps some people feel really um, self-conscious about um, taking that step and, I don't know, kind of feeling like you have to look like you're having a great time or you're really cool. Or I don't know. I think sometimes people feel very self-conscious. What what makes a good Reel and where do people start if they're in that should I put this up? Do I look like an idiot? Do, will people find yeah. it funny? Where do people start with that? I think you just got to simplify things. There are no rules about reels. It is just a form of content. They are short videos that are under 60 seconds long. They might, they might be extending that to 90 seconds, I think. I don't know if I've just made that up. But they're short videos. 
there's nothing more to it than that. Um, so we don't need to sort of big it up as this really complicated thing. It's not. Um, and the reason why uh, they're popular is because Instagram is pushing them to compete against TikTok. So oh, there's nothing okay. mystical about it. It's just short videos. And it's a good idea to do them because Instagram's pushing them, not because they're that cool. And yes, a lot of people do do these kind of gimmicky, jokey reels, but equally loads of people do very serious reels um, that aren't funny at all. So, you know, if you're a creative person, you've just got to view it as a, even if you're not a creative person, view it as a blank canvas to create content. You know, just like you would with a normal still post, anything you would do as a still post or a story, you could do in a reel. Um, so I think people think that they need to start in a reel and be this kind of like actress in a reel. You don't. You don't even need to appear in a reel. You could, you know, you could do a video of your garden um, and do a close up of some flowers and that can be a reel. And you might have a kind of work analogy that goes along with the flowers, whether that's about sort of taking a break. You know, if you're a music teacher, I would imagine rest is really important. And, you know, showing a walk around your garden and describing the benefits physically to your throat of rest could be a way of doing a reel. Sure. Um, yeah. Um, and I think sometimes it's a it's a good idea to look through other people's reels and see what other people have done and sort of reverse engineer it and look for the ones that if you don't want to star in a reel, look for the ones that are, you know, of things that aren't people and be like, ah, I like that one. Right. How could I do that? And I think I just got into this habit of scrolling through reels deliberately looking for easy ones to emulate like I'm not I don't want to do a fancy stop motion one because I haven't got time for that but oh look that's a really simple effective thing that that person's just done there that looks like I could recreate that really easily and the message there is really simple I think that would work you know and then you try and go off and make your own one um so don't I think it's really easy to react to the noise and just be like, oh, everyone's doing these dancing reels. <gasps> That's the only way I can succeed on Insta. No. Calm, scroll, collate evidence and come up with something yourself. And another thing that I suggest people do is go into the search bar uh, and put in a hashtag and um, say singing teacher, hashtag singing teacher. And then a load of posts will come up under that hashtag. And I think it's top left, there'll be a reel using that hashtag. If you click on that, then you can scroll through a billion reels that have used that hashtag. And then you can see what other singing teachers are doing, what kind of reels they're creating, and it might feed your imagination. Sure, definitely. And so then also, what about graphics? Because I know that... Um... I saw you'd mentioned you had, you like graphics that pop. What makes graphics pop on Instagram? Well, um, I use Canva. You don't have to use Canva, but it's a great tool um, for 
designing graphics that's free, but you can pay for it for extra fancy things. And I've just got into the habit. What I do is I've got a color palette. So I think I've got six colors that I chose that complement each other. Um, and I always stick to those colors. Uh, and I also have chosen three fonts that I use repeatedly. So by sticking to those six colors and those three fonts, I've already got a consistency, which makes my feed look, my grid look really attractive. It makes it look like I know what the hell I'm doing, which I think is a good thing. Good thing and, for an Instagram coach to know what they're doing. Yeah. And like I said, you don't need to get completely obsessed with this because there's lots of Instagram accounts that are a mess that are really successful. So it's not the be all and end all, but I do think it gives, you know, an air of clarity and cohesiveness that is helpful. And, and also it brings me joy to do that. You know, I want to convey my brand like that. So what I do is I just pick a template. There's Instagram post templates and I pick ones that I like and I just change the font so that it's my font and I change the, the background and any images to my color palette. So that helps it pop. But I'm also quite particular now that the wording stands out. Because I think a marketing person pointed out to me, and you can scroll through my feed to see where I've changed. But probably about four or five months ago, a lot of my wording on graphics was really small. And this, this marketing expert just said to me, it doesn't stand out. So when I come and look at your feed, I can't really read what you've said. They would be able to read it in if they were scrolling through their normal feed. But if you come to my page, it'd be like, mm. and actually now you get an instant impact when you come to look at my Instagram page about, oh, these are the topics she talks about, you know, Instagram tips or be bold on Instagram and you get an instant vibe of what I'm about and I've become quite obsessed with that um I remember this marketing expert said to me billboards Katia billboards think of billboards people on Instagram have a three second attention span right so you've got to get their attention quick sharp um and I did start thinking about billboards and I was like, oh, actually, a lot of the posts that I was creating were not going to cut it. They were quite complicated. There was a lot to read. And it doesn't encourage you to stop on that post and read more. So I thought that was quite helpful, actually. So if someone wanted to start or to think about a strategy, imagine they're a singing teacher and they've just been sort of bumbling along, doing what, doing here, a little bit here and there, what kind of questions should they ask themselves to get started in sort of drawing up their own sort of strategy? Yeah, I think the tendency is to just treat Instagram like a notice board and just be like, oh, I'm selling this thing. I'm just going to go on and on about these different things that I sell. Um, but what, or just go on about their personal life and it's just a mishmash. But actually to get strategic, you've got to really look at your brand. And it's like, I, these are the questions that I ask clients. And it's worth probably journaling about these for about 20 minutes. And even it may be bouncing and sharing these questions 
with another singing teacher to see what you both come up with to help each other. So number one, um, what are your values? Because your values are really, really important to who you're going to attract because you want to attract people who are your kind of people who are like, oh, I like her because she's kind. Um, I like her because she's brave. And because as a singing teacher, people will be looking for their kind of person. Yeah, they want to make a connection has. with that person. Yeah, yeah. So it's important to get that across and it's important to sort of distill that down so you understand it yourself. Because I can remember I did this exercise a few years ago. I went on a brand voice workshop. Uh, brand voice, not as in singing, but brand <laughs> voice. Um, and I did it. And then I had to read it back to the group. And then the group had to kind of give their perception of anything I'd missed. Because by the way I was talking about things, they were also gathering clues. And the thing that they said about me that I haven't realised is they said I was passionate and enthusiastic. And I was like, oh, that's really useful. And actually, I want to get that across. And that's why it's quite good to do that exercise with someone else, because they'll kind of feed in extra things that you're missing because it's quite difficult to get that perspective on yourself, isn't it? Um, so values could be like, I don't know, as well, things like if you're environmental or political or, um, you know, you have a real focus on customer service or um, you're empathetic or whatever. Um, and I mean, for me, I like I really like empowering people. So that's a big um value and also I like making things fun I like making things easy uh, and accessible so then once yeah so that's so you got those you got your values then you want to write down um how you different from the competition because that's a really good way of identifying um what's going to attract people to you again um and what makes you what are the benefits of what you do? Write all of those down. Although a lot of this may seem so obvious and like, oh, boring. Why am I writing these things down? I can't tell you how helpful it all is. But by starting with journaling about all of that stuff, you'll almost have a little Bible of what you what you want your content to be about. Because you forget that you need to convey those things. Like, what are the benefits of working with me or my product? Like, People literally forget to tell people that. I can imagine if you're a singing teacher, you could perhaps also ask um, a few clients who you've been teaching, if you've got te- uh, clients you've been teaching for a few years, because they probably explain why they keep coming back to you. So yes. in a way, they're the ones, you know, ask yes. the, ask, they're the experts in a way. Yeah, because you can, you, if you've got testimonials, go through them and words will jump out at you because with me, fun just comes up such a lot. Um and which is really nice because you're just like, am I? Brilliant. So that that just gives you guidance about how what you want to get across through your content. And then it's just worth moving on to then come up with some content pillars based on that, where you're just like, right, I've got this list of words to describe me. How am I going to get that across through content? What would be four buckets of com- content? that could kind of encapsulate my brand but also just allow people to get to know me a bit because the singing teacher could be like tips 
It could be stuff about their backstory. It could be a content bucket. It could just be about their day-to-day life. And another one could be about proof, you know, testimonials, behind the scenes, um, that kind of stuff. And once you get that kind of skeleton of a kind of content pillars, it makes it a bit easier when you come to make your content. You're not like oh, starting from scratch. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Does that help? That's brilliant. And so I've got a couple of sort of scenarios if I can throw them at you yeah, and, and tell me what it. your advice would be. So the first one is about consistency. What tips do you have for someone who posts on the Insta, they have a mad rush, really consistent for a couple of weeks, and then it drops off and you know, they're busy doing other things. Is it important to be consistent or how do you maintain consistency? Right. So I think people obsess about this world, word consistency. And I think they think that, you know, if they only post once a month, oh God, like they've ruined Instagram. Like I have a friend who does post once a month, but she has posted once a month for five years. And it, it is actually her own version of consistency because her account has grown and yeah, I mean, it's not as big as it could be, but it's still very good, you know, and she's still, she's a pattern designer and she's still got commissions through it. So I think first of all, just remember that there are lots of different versions of consistency and just because your account isn't a massively fast moving fast-growing account does not mean you're failing at Instagram. It's a bit like, I don't know, because I view, particularly for your service, I view Instagram a bit like a form of networking. So for me, it's like, just keep reminding people that you were there. You know, don't put necessarily too much pressure on yourself about, like, being completely on point with that post. Just try and show up once a week if you can and remind people that you're there. Um, So maybe have a base level that you commit to. Because I just see people just going, oh, my God, uh, I'm so out of it on my Instagram game. I haven't posted for two weeks. And I'm like, that doesn't really matter. You know, yes, there are some people who consistently post every day and are on this amazing upward trajectory. But there are lots of different levels for all of us of how we can be showing up on there. And also I really wouldn't recommend that you choose Instagram as your sole marketing channel anyway, because the way it is at the moment is so up and down with how much engagement you get. I think it would be a mistake to focus, focus too solely on it. Um, So yeah, consistency. I personally have a baseline of trying to do two grid posts a week. And if I do more, then it's a bonus. And I tend to do stories most days, but that's because I find it easy. So I wouldn't expect that of other people. But one thing that's quite a good way of maintaining that consistency is actually to plan content. And I was repelled by this idea. And I was like, I like being spontaneous on Instagram. No one's going to make me plan my content. But actually, I, I have started to plan my content from about the beginning of this year. And I've helped. it's really helped me to get a bit clearer about my messaging. Really thinking about what are the messages that I really want to get across? 
over the next few months. And then usually what I do is once a week, I plan a bit of content and I schedule it. And I suppose also Instagram, I can imagine just like you might look at someone's website to decide if they're the right singing teacher for you, then you might flick on their Instagram. So then a potential student might be looking back at your last 10 posts. They're not necessarily checking the dates to see if what the specific date was. They're just trying to get an understanding of who you are and and whether they think they would connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I I just would, yeah, try, try not to leave it a month is all I'd say. I think I personally, if I go on an Instagram post uh, account and they haven't posted for a couple of months, I'm just a bit like, well, I'm not going to contact this person because they're not active, you know? Whereas, you know, if they posted a couple of weeks ago, then I'm like, oh, you know, they're active. I think just showing people that you're active on there is quite important too. So what's your advice for a singing teacher who perhaps has more than one career? They might be a pro singer, and a vocal coach, should they just have one Instagram account or should they separate them out and have, have two accounts to promote their different roles? I think that there's no definitive answer to that because it's up to you. Um, can you be bothered to run two accounts? Because that's a lot of work. Um, if you can, go for it. Um, but I think I'm sure that there's a really easy way of combining the two. I mean, if you've got in your bio professional singer and singing teacher I think they work beautifully together because I would be very impressed if I wanted singing coaching if my singing teacher was a professional singer as well so if there were photos and behind the scenes stuff of this professional work um I'd be really really impressed by that and I I can't imagine that it would dilute your um, standing as a professional teacher, uh, professional singer, if you've got posts to do with your uh, teaching career. Um, but I think it's your own call. Um, if you don't want to muddy the waters, then have two accounts. But really think about if, if you can stick to doing that, because not, not many people to do. I mean, most people I've known who try and have two accounts just can't, just cannot keep up with the two. What's your advice for someone who is, I guess, worried about trolling and perhaps they've had negative comments in the past and sometimes it's just the one comment that you remember and you don't remember all the positives, you just remember the negative. What's your advice for someone who has who sort of is self-censoring, I guess, because they, they've been burnt a bit in the past? I think Instagram is a much better platform than the other social media platforms. I've had worse nasty experiences on Twitter and Facebook than I've ever had on Instagram I mean I can probably think of you know in my four and a half years or five years of being an Instagram coach I can think of like perhaps two examples of a nasty comment which is nothing really um and they weren't very nice but um I got over it um so first of all I would say it's not a platform that particularly is a magnet for nasty comments. Um, and I, I would say sometimes viral, if, if you're doing a viral reel, that can sometimes be more of a magnet for not very nice comments because it, it just goes out so wide if it goes a bit viral. And then I would like, I think I can tell, 
I can tell with those ones anyway that the nasty comments are from kind of bots anyway. Not bots, but kind of an account with no posts. And I'm like, well, if you haven't got any posts, who even are you? Yeah. You know, maybe do some investigation into who this person is who's leaving nasty comments because it's probably somebody who's not brave enough to even have a proper profile. I've got quite a thin skin. So I don't think it really works to say, oh, just ignore it. They're just people who aren't very happy. Um, But I don't think that you can let it stop you building a business on Instagram. But I'd like to reassure people that it's, in my experience, it's really rare that you get trolled on Instagram. And I think if you've got a really authentic brand, you build really authentic followers and those people are not going to leave nasty comments. Whereas if you've got a bit of a muddy brand and you're desperately trying lots of gimmicky things, you're more likely to attract the weirdos who are trolley. So, yeah, an authentic brand helps to bring better quality people. Katja, thank you so much for coming on the show. You've given us some great tips. Before we let you go, I've just got one final question, which is how do you find the balance between self-promotion and drumming up business without looking pushy? Well, I always just think I like to give a lot on my account. And I think just by giving a lot of advice, you're naturally promoting yourself. So I'm offering Instagram tips. So then people are like, oh, she knows what she's talking about. So what I might do is I'll do an eel, a reel where I offer some Instagram tips. And then at the end, it'll be like, you know, I'll promote a workshop at the end of the reel. Or say, you know, if you'd like to work with me, book a free um, discovery call, link in bio. So it's like I'm balancing out giving with selling. Uh, And also, I just think if my content's really creative, I'm giving at the same time. If I don't know, because I did a I did a reel today that was about a vision board workshop that I'm going to do for uh, Instagram content. And it was just a really silly, fun reel. So I was like, well, people are going to enjoy watching that. They're not going to be like, she's just standing there selling something because I made it a joyful thing. So it's like a little gift. And it's like, even if they have no interest in signing up on my workshop, they'll probably enjoy watching it. You have to remember that Instagram is a social platform and you want to form emotional connections with people because people buy from you if they've emotionally connected with you. So, you know, be brave and try and share a bit more of yourself, whether that's you being joyful and silly, or maybe you being a bit honest about things and maybe a little bit vulnerable. Well, Katja, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. I'm sure lots of our listeners have found your advice really useful. So I should mention before we go that if they want to find you, they can head to Instagram where your account is at easyinstamcr or they could go to your website, which is Easy Insta MCR. We'll put all the contact info in the show notes. But for the time being, Catcher Willems, thank you so much. So did that whet your appetite? Want more of where that came from? Then quench your thirst for knowledge by nerding out in our store where you can purchase a whole host of specialist educational videos for singing teachers, from building your business to fixing vocal faults. 
or join our membership to get access to them all in your own geeky CPD library. Head over to www.basttraining.com forward slash store to get going. That's www.basttraining.com forward slash store.